Last week on Can and Catch Up, we discussed Smuggler's Run. Now, next up, we'll be talking about the second in that trio of junior novels from the Journey to the Force Awakens line, Jason Fry's Luke Skywalker adventure, The Weapon of a Jedi. Hello there and welcome to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. This is a canon catch-up episode and today we are talking about the novel The Weapon of a Jedi by Jason Fry. Uh, as always, I am your host, Dan, aka Vader's Castle Library, and I am joined by today, firstly, Chris, aka SW Book Collector. Yep, that's me. <laughs> Good to have you back. As always, Chris. Mate, I just live here in this audio <laughs> space. Uh, and we are joined again by Morgan, aka Not a Force User. How are you doing, Morgan? I'm wonderful. I am not just a audio ghost like Chris. I I only am occasionally here. <laughs> I don't know what an occasional ghost is. Is that a? I don't know either. Like part-time ghost. <laughs> Literally, maybe, maybe I'm in a coma. I, that might be it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Maybe we wake you up every now and then uh, to do this. Um, so yeah, as I said at the top, today we're going to be talking about the Weapon of a Jedi, which is one of the three uh, middle grade or junior novels from the Journey to the Force Awakens publishing uh, line that sort of got coined Red and Black trilogy. But I don't know if Lucasfilm has ever used that, but people in the fandom seem to use it. Um, this one was released on September the 4th, 2015, which, surprise, surprise, is the same as the last book that we talked about. I didn't realise they all came out on the same day until now. Um, <laughs> Reset. And, and as I've already said, part of the Journey to the Force Awakens publishing line. Um, this one was written by Jason Fry and has art inside it by the wonderful Phil Noto. Uh, and then a brief little summary for listeners before we start. Uh, the Force brings Luke to a mysterious Jedi temple in the jungle of Deveron, where he must learn the basics of his new weapon. Uh, this takes place, I think, we think roughly a month after A New Hope, um, certainly before the Marvel Star Wars comic line gets started. And I think, according to the Lucasfilm story group, after Heir to the Jedi. Uh, am I correct, Chris? <laughs> I think so, yeah. I've been looking into this, and <laughs> yeah, I believe so. officially this is directly after Earth Jedi, which means that Luke's just lost his girlfriend, but it's fine in this book. <laughs> it's all right. Yeah, he's doing, he's doing not too bad. Yeah. Um, right, so yeah, as we obviously mentioned, this is a Luke Skywalker adventure, um, Morgan, I'll start with you. How does this one work for you as a, as a Luke Skywalker adventure? Okay, I am ready to drop my hot take already. I oh. think Luke Skywalker is the least character of a character. Um, he, to me, is the Bella Swan of the Star Wars universe. Oh, me, sorry. Um, <laughs> from, from Twilight. <laughs> um, he's like this self-insert character. He has the least amount of, like, characterization across all of the ways that i see him that said this is a really great self-insert as luke uh story so <laughs> i'm ready go ahead wow. chris tell me tell me well that's mental <laughs> <laughs> luke is like the, he's the archetypal hero he is the earnest wide-eyed 
innocent poster boy. He's Ray is Luke. Luke is Ray. They are the same person. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. It's all about and innocence and hope and light. But he also he has a personality. He's a whiny little bitch in the first book, <laughs> in the first movie. Yeah, that's true. Do you know what yes. I mean? And then and then he yes. learned and he like. Yeah, he he get, he gets it from his father, but he's not as bad as his father was. Um, oh fuck! I love Luke. He's 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 the hero. He is the oh, Dan take over. I, I love that this is getting spicy already. This is great. This is what the listeners are after. I bet you're an Anakin fan. All five of them. Sorry, carry on, Dan. <laughs> no, I mean, like I said, this it's it's a good hero story. Um, again, Luke for me is yeah. maybe the easiest character to write because there's not as much personality to him as there are to the other two from our big, like, three from the original trilogy. Um, it's got everything that you want from a Luke Star Wars story, um, which I think is the same thing that we can say for pretty much any of these three books is they have everything you want from a that person Star Wars story. So there you go. Done with my hot take. Chris, <laughs> uh, it's fine. We were waiting for Chris to drop a hot take, so it was it was refreshing that someone else dropped a hot take. Chris, how about you? How does this work for you as a Luke adventure? Uh, well, give me a second, mate. I need to collect myself. Um, <laughs> yeah, this this book's great. It it's exactly the same as Smuggler's Run in the fact of it's a really simple story that perfectly gets to the essence, like Morgan was saying, of the character it's about. And it's just a fast, pacey, fun read, um, and you do get you do get a good look into into Luke, who he is at this point. He's still the farm boy at this point, but he's the farm boy that's just killed a million people on a massive space station, and everyone is <laughs> is like holding up as a as a hero. Do you know what I mean? And he almost doesn't know how to deal with that, you know. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really really good it's a really good Luke story, and it's a really good. Um, Typical, almost YA junior story of the the heroes just learning he's got powers and he's trying to figure out what that means. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's my favorite of the of the three, definitely. Really good. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I really enjoyed this one as well. This is I I read this for the first time two days ago. Uh, I really really enjoyed it. I think I think it probably is my favorite as well. It's between that and Smuggler's Run for me. I like them both a lot, but I think this one maybe just takes the edge. Um, I think it is a really good exploration of Luke's character. I like that we get to sort of see him <clears throat> really dealing with the loss of Ben and the loss of his aunt and uncle, which never really gets dealt with anywhere else. But here he actually has a little bit of time to reflect on the fact that his, you know, the people who raised him got burnt to a crisp in front of him. <laughs> um, and then obviously I like the sort of the forced journey that he goes on, learning to use his lightsaber a little bit more. It wasn't like, I kind of, as I was reading this book, I was worried that it was going to be like, Luke discovers a brand new power. And it wasn't really that. It was just like, Luke just learns to block with his lightsaber a little bit better than he could before. But yeah, he's still he needed. He's still yeah. pretty whack at the end, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? He's yeah, not. He's, he's not pretty, like he's pretty rubbish. Yeah, Mandalorian yeah. Luke. He's not that guy. No, no. Uh, so in that respect, it worked really well for me. I thought it was a it was a fun, fast paced adventure. Um, 
how many times are we going to use the word digestible over the course of these three junior novels? <laughs> it's easily digestible. Uh, so yeah, I, I had a lot of fun. Morgan, have you got anything else you want to add? So I know, like, I, I've been just hating on Luke a lot, and and he is my least favorite of those three. But that said, um, I think that part of the reason that he feels to me like he has the least personality is because he's still figuring that out. Um, it feels like everyone else has had an opportunity to do that. Um, Han, being older, has had a chance to, like, sort out who he is. Leia, being and having the experiences that she does, has found out who she is. Um, so now Luke is finding out who he is. And that's why for me in this particular story, um, it is a fun digestible story, as you said before, but Luke's personality and the way he presents himself changes a little bit, um, as the story progresses on. So there are points in time where I'm like, I don't know that Luke would do that. But then again, I don't know that Luke knows that Luke would do that. Um, and that's, that's kind of the kind of, I guess, Sticking point for me, maybe cool thing for other people, is when he's, like, pretending to be this, um, what is he pretending to be, this hyperspace scout. Uh, I'm like, I don't know. Like, is that something Luke would do? I don't I don't know if that's really that character or not. Um, but that being said, maybe it's just like you guys said, he's, he's still in that early stage of figuring out who he is and who he needs to be now that he's essentially one of the heroes of the republic so uh brilliant okay um how did how did you both enjoy the the setting of this book being in sort of like this this jungle jedi temple um some of the supporting characters the inclusion of the droids r2 and 3po um the new supporting characters just everything in this book that book that wasn't luke because there was quite a lot of it how, how did you feel about that stuff chris i'll start with you uh that's morgan first Okay, no. Morgan, I'll stop you. No, don't ask me first. Okay, um, so I think it was a really good idea to have it framed around um, C-3PO as being our storyteller in this one, as opposed to having Luke be our storyteller. Mm-hmm. It feels like with the other three books, it is the main character who is the storyteller. Um, and 3PO being the one here, I don't know, like he kind of kind of frames the frames the tale a little bit well or a little bit better than it would have been had it been luke because what would luke be doing sitting on an island thinking about his life like is he going to be talking to the custodians of the island or whatever i mean at this point we also don't know where luke is or what's going on with that so it it makes sense um that framing in particular as far as the actual setting um and where this is taking place. I love the idea of the jungly thing. Um, it's not one that we get as much as we get the deserty stuff um, or the space station stuff. Yeah, so it gives yeah. a little bit more variety. Um, the villain in this, I, I don't know. I kind of like him. Like his the visual for him is really cool, um, and I do like the little girl who like wants to be his little guide person. She's adorable <laughs> and sweet, and I love her with my whole heart. Uh, Farnay oh, yeah. is her name. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And then the scavenger. I'm trying to remember what the scavenger's name is. Sarko. Sarko the scavenger. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Chris, have you got much to add? Yeah. I mean, I like. I'm a big fan of like old adventure stories. So, you know, jungles and temples and all those kind of things. Like I'm a big Indiana Jones guy. Um, 
And I love that that setting in Star Wars. And I feel like it really suits Luke's character as well. Um, obviously, it suits Han Solo because he's in Andrew Jones, but um, but it it does it does suit Luke. And just to go on like a just a straightforward adventure story mm-hmm. with no big um, kind of ramifications or anything like that, just as almost small scale. It's it's a, it's nice reading. It's quite fun, and uh, yeah, the the character, the, the young girl, um, was really cool, and the the villain being the guy from the Force Awakens, um, from that um, Motley Crew who they sent a lot of pictures of out before the movie came out, but then didn't really feature them in the movie. He's, he's part yeah. of that crew, isn't he? Um, yeah, I was thinking where I really cool. had seen this guy before, but yeah, that was it. <laughs> well, yeah, because there was um, there was a whole book around them, and it was it was called. Um, Aliens, and it Aliens. was a yeah. collection yeah, of short yeah, yeah. stories that was really good, and it was called Aliens Part One. I mean, well, they never did a part two. No, there's part two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and was this not the the motley crew of characters who all got action figures, but never really featured in the film? No, at the, all? the most famous one of that is Constable Zuvio got Constable an action Zuvio. figure yeah, yeah. and never actually was not actually in the film. In the end, <laughs> they quit him out. Uh, yeah. yeah, but yeah. Anyway, he, I know he's part of that crew, and it worked really well. I remember, I remember as well, like the the feeling of the fight towards the end because Luke isn't he isn't Luke Skywalker yet. Do you know what I mean? Legend, Jedi Master Luke Skywalker. And I remember there being quite a lot of stakes. I remember really feeling quite tense during mm-hmm. that last fight. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's, it's it's a really fun, it's a really good, really good story. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll echo what what both of you said. I again, I enjoyed that jungle setting and the, the mysterious temple in the in the jungle. I thought that worked really well. It gave off Indiana Jones vibes. That was cool. Um, I weirdly, I don't know. Is it is it? I, I never really know with a Star Wars fandom. Is it weird to really like C three PO or not? Because I love three PO, <laughs> but I know a lot of people don't like three PO. Um. I don't know, actually. Like, I, I don't feel like there's any book that does 3PO justice. I like 3PO in the original trilogy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I liked him in Rise of Skywalker a lot. Like, he's one yes, of the best parts of Rise of Skywalker. Skywalker. Yeah, yeah. Um, and great in his little one-shot comic as well. In the prequels particularly, he never, I never quite enjoyed him because he just seemed, like, crowbarred in there. And he didn't really yeah. seem to fit. Like that whole um, droid factory sequence in episode two, lame. But um, <laughs> anyway, sorry. My, my point of bringing my point of bringing that up was that I I found three PO quite charming and quite funny in this one. Um, sort of picking off picking up off of what Morgan said, I liked the fact that three PO was the narrator. I thought that was quite a fun little addition and just a bit of like R two and three PO comedy leaning a bit to like the younger audience where they actually fit um i thought was quite effective throughout this um and yeah i thought supporting our characters were cool the the girl teenage girl farne she was she was cool and um i did feel like the stakes in the fight at the end when like luke was you know trying to protect her and she was like bless her trying to protect luke as well um and I, i thought that that whole bit was really was really Sort of, you did feel the stakes, and it did feel quite effective. And yeah. I, I like weird, creepy bounty hunter. It reminded me aliens of aliens as well. So it was all. It cool. reminded me of the the at the battle at the end of Eight Mile. 
<laughs> eight miles that he checked through the, uh, the jungle to get there. Yep, yep. In you case you get didn't your listen, Eminem reference in. Yeah, I've got my Eminem. In case you didn't listen to the Smugglers Run episode, Google the cover for this book, the hardcover, <laughs> because Luke Skywalker looks like Eminem in a wig. <laughs> yeah, we will be posting. Can you see him, Morgan? Because Johnny can oh, yeah, see no, him. What 100%. I, I see it. Yeah. When I first bought the book, I was like, like I was he's, like, he, he's had mom's spaghetti. He's there's yeah. He's lost himself <laughs> he's, he's in the nervous. music. Yeah, he knows absolutely. what his name is. The he's the real Luke Skywalker stood up. Do you know what I mean? But I remember when I first got it, and I took it out of the packet, and I was like, holy shit, that's Eminem, like instantly. But yeah, anyway. I, so I'm just thinking about the fact that the the Aunt Baru wasn't serving him blue milk, but actually it was spaghetti. <laughs> yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> um. Anyway, um. So. As with Smuggler's Run and as with Moving Target, this sort of ties into the journey to The Force Awakens um, publishing line. Um, And as with those other books, this one has a a little sequel era tie-in, bookends, uh, prologue and epilogue. In this one, we have Jess Parva uh, speaking to C-3PO, asking for a a tall tale about the hero Luke Skywalker, (laughs) to to which... Well, I, I I love this book, but I just love the idea that three people are like, I'm going to tell you a cool story about Luke. So basically, there was this one time that he like went to a, jesert, uh, a jungle and learned how to block. <laughs> and they're like, really? <laughs> um, but yeah, Morgan, I'll start with you. How, how did these this like sequel era tie-in work for you? Was it an effective tie-in? Was it a bit naff? How did you feel about it? Um, so like I said before, I think it was cool that this one is the 3PO framing of the story. Um, and that does, if you're, especially if you're reading it with the other ones going into the force awakens where you're not really sure, um, where we're picking up, you kind of get that question in your head, like, but wait, where is Luke? Why isn't Luke here? Um, why is it that C3PO is telling this tale, especially when in the other two cases it's Han and it's Leia. Um, so I think that is like a really good teaser, even if the other stuff isn't even in there, even if it's not like the resistance or anything like that. Um, I think that on its own is is a good enough bite into what we're doing. Obviously, the main stories are not that they're they're just the uh, original trilogy timeline still. Um, but I think it's I think it's fun, and I think it's a good enough tie-in. It made me want more Jess Parva stories. Yeah. Yeah. I like, quite I enjoyed wanted, I the whole thing. I quite enjoyed her character. You know, it's like so brief. Mm-hmm. Um and even in the it's... movie it's so brief. Um but I just, I would like to I liked her character. I was like, I'd, I'd, I'd read a little story about Jess Parva. I'm I'm not getting confused with someone else. She's not in the Poe Dameron comic, is she? I think she is a bit. Not a huge amount. She's obviously the one the actress that was in Iron Fist. I can't remember her name. Yeah, Colleen. No, that's the name of the character in the show. Um, You know what I'm talking about, though, don't you? Jessica Henwick? Jessica Henwick, yeah, that's that's her, yeah. Yeah. It's her character. Right, okay, yeah. So we do briefly see her in The Force Awakens. Um, Yeah, no, I enjoyed these uh, bookends as well. I think I prefer The Smuggler's Run ones just because they did feel a little bit more action packed i guess um but i did like this idea that like 
I think it, it does an effective job of setting up that idea that Luke is his hero that everyone hears about and wants to like learn more about whenever his name is mentioned. And again, with this idea that I really buy into that, like the droids are like the storytellers of the Star Wars universe, and yeah. like it, you know, three PO being like, ah, well, I have a story about Luke, even if it is like it's a great story, but I just I, I do still find it funny that this is a story he chose to choose. Um, I think he should have he should have chose to tell the story of when Han took his top off and <laughs> on the farm. Yeah, classic <laughs> classic moment. <laughs> um morgan you might not have read that one if you're not up to date with the comics but that's I am a, not. that's a that's a classic that one <laughs> well it was that was quite a few years ago but <laughs> um By but yeah no, i mean i'm not at all i am going to not send you a picture of that though because it's hilarious <laughs> um but yeah no i i liked it i thought it was it was good it was fun um it was it was nice again just the idea that like the resistance are inspired by Luke. And as you rightly said, Morgan sets up a bit of a mystery. If you were reading this in 2015 before the film came out of like, right, why is Luke not in this one in the, the sequel era? But obviously we know that we now know why, but back then it would have set up a bit of mystery. So yeah, that was, that was good fun. Um, I guess my last little question before we start to wrap things up, um, this book based on sort of where the the main storyline takes place um just shortly after a new hope and based on the other luke skywalker stuff going around in the time is does it have any canon issues chris i'll start with you first but i mean how do we think this one lines up in comparison to the other stories of this era it it fine works totally fine for canon i was actually i remember reading this um, and I read Hairs Jedi and the comic, the 2015 comic run around the same time. And I remember like looking for inconsistencies, but there isn't any. Like it, it fits. Luke's time here is it's quite vague. Um, Luke's timeline is always vague yeah. when it's not the movies. Um, but no, it totally works. I mean, I, what I believe, Hairs the Jedi pretty much takes place directly after A New Hope. Mm-hmm. Then it's this. Then it's the... 75 issue comic run um and it just works well i mean they don't really reference each other or anything like that i mean i think this one is added to a bit more than say um air to jedi which is like completely forgotten about um but no it, it, it it definitely does work it fits yeah i think the i guess the only thing that is noticeable is as you mentioned earlier the the lack of any sort of um when he's thinking about the people that he knows that are dead sort of yeah the lack of any acknowledgement of the girlfriend who's just died literally just died yeah yeah in canon. Yeah. Um, um but yeah morgan have you got anything else you want to add in terms of sort of the canon of it no but i was just thinking about the the fact that you you said about the droids being these storytellers of star wars i actually now thinking of it it's hilarious to have c-3po be our storyteller here because c-3po is the one who's had his memory wiped the most times so like i was thinking originally like yeah no it's perfect for droids to be the storytellers because you know they've got this memory that they don't have to erase they just get to keep it like it's perfect photographic recall nah not not for c-3po sorry just that was 
just yeah. Me. Yeah, I wonder how many times he's yeah. had it wiped. <laughs> maybe this is the only Luke story he has. <laughs> maybe it didn't even happen as well. Maybe yeah, maybe he's just making it up. <laughs> he's just made this one up. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I think the only that thing I did notice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think the only thing I did notice, and Chris, as someone who hasn't read *Ed to the Jedi*, but have listened to the fantastic canon catch-up episode that uh, you and the two Johnnies did. Yeah, um, a couple of Johnnies. <laughs> at the end of the prologue, three PO says that he was present when Master Luke first used a lightsaber in battle. Um. Did he and use that... a lightsaber in battle in Air to the Jedi? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I see, that's what I'm saying. I remember it works. I can't remember the, how exactly lines up. I mean, I guess to me, could he be, because he was dueling with this guy who had the, the electro stuff, was his use of a lightsaber in battle in Air to the Jedi just him swinging it about at bugs and stuff? Did he, did he actually have to sort of... Do you know what? I don't. I, I remember checking, thinking about this at the time, and I don't think he did. I mean, John, Johnny said he does use his lightsaber in that book, but I don't think he does. I think uh-huh. he just uses his like gun blaster. Um, I mean, the cover does have him holding a lightsaber. Yeah, what's it. that mean though? <laughs> True. I mean, this cover has Eminem on it. Uh, so. The cover of A New Dawn has Kanan holding his lightsaber, and Kanan doesn't get his lightsaber out until like right at the end for like half a page yeah that is true yeah um but yeah no so i guess it kind of works doesn't it yeah it it does it's it's not like it's not inconsistent it's just you know bit yeah there's always a suspension of disbelief with these books though isn't there and realistically though was c3po there for the other one because if not as far as he knows this is the first time that's true that's true there you go there it's you go. been answered. Morgan's got the answer. Yeah, because no, not every book is going to be Resistance Reborn, is it? So True. But no, I do like that idea. It's coming from a, a, who could technically be classed as an unreliable narrator. So, yeah. so there you go. From a certain point of view, everything's correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh. we'll, we'll see how that one goes next week when we talk about Moving Target. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, so we'll start to get wrapped up here. So I guess I'll just ask you guys for your final thoughts on this one. And would you recommend, recommend this book to a regular Star Wars reader slash a new Star Wars reader? Morgan, you go first. Uh, yeah, so I know that we there's kind of this stigma associated with junior books in general. Um, and this doesn't really feel like a junior book in the way that some of the other middle grade or junior books feel like junior books. Um, so if you are a person who's like, Oh, I don't read those ones. Those are for kids. Read this one. It's not for kids. <laughs> read all of these yeah. ones. They're not for kids. They, they're just realistically. It's not that it's junior in terms of the content. It's junior in terms of the length. Yeah. yeah, we spoke about this last episode, didn't we? It's more yeah. the pace of them, the length and the pace. And I like we were saying that these actually feel more like the Star Wars movies that the adult books do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And what about you, Chris? What's your final thoughts? Oh yeah, get this one to read. It's a really good Luke story. It's really easy to get into. And Luke is a fascinating and multi-layered <laughs> character that <laughs> has loads of interesting things. To, to about him 
And <laughs> that's all there is to say about that. And anyone else who says any different is wrong. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I will no, okay. I will echo what both of you said. Um I do think that I've been very surprised at how effective these three and we'll talk about moving target next week but how effective all three of these uh, junior novels are at telling a good fast-paced star wars story that's true to the characters that they're about true to sort of lucas's style in the original trilogy and they're just good reads so whatever the whatever your age i think they're good to pick up and again i think if you're if you're a regular star wars reader and you've missed these ones they're definitely worth reading because they're great and then if you've never read a Star Wars book before, I actually think these are probably quite an easy jumping in point. And I think The Weapon of a Jedi being Luke Skywalker is possibly one of the easiest jumping in points, I'd say, because it's just like, here's an adventure with Luke just after A New Hope. Everyone knows that story. So He's I think got his yellow be, jacket. Yeah, I think this might be one of the easiest ones to just pick up and read if you've never read a Star Wars book before. So... If anyone does that, let us know. <laughs> um, great. Well, that about wraps it up. Um, thank you very much, guys, for chatting Weapon of a Jedi with me. That was good fun. Um, we will be back next week. Uh, I, I keep on reminding myself next week as if we're not just about to go and record the Moving Target episode in five minutes. <laughs> But we will be there's a peek behind the scenes of how we do these episodes. Um, we'll be back next week to talk about Moving Target, which is the third and final book of this sort of trilogy of um, junior novels uh, focusing on Princess Leia. Um, I've been your host today, Dan, uh, aka Vegas Castle Library. Uh, Morgan, thank you very much for joining us. Tell the people where they can find you. Uh, they can find me in the same place they could usually find me, which is occasionally on here or on Instagram as not a force user. And I think now I'm going to start like a TikTok specifically dedicated to hating on Luke. So, <laughs> and then Chris will have to start a counter TikTok. That's what I'm to doing. It's to reply like, to every video, <laughs> it's going to be like B Rabbit in Eight Mile. <laughs> I'm going to start a rap beef. <laughs> yes. That's good. Yeah, yeah. What about just a rap battle between the two of you? Sort of. Drop me a beat. Drop me a beat. <laughs> <laughs> we can save that one for the uh, the paid podcast. Oh yeah, for the Patreon. <laughs> uh, and Chris, what about you? Where can you can find me you? around. <laughs> if you've listened to this, then you probably know who I am. <laughs> you that can sounds find... arrogant. I'm not being arrogant. I'm just being lazy. You can find Chris arguing with Morgan about Luke Skywalker. Yeah, you can find me on the streets where I'm going to take it. (laughs) Uh, Brilliant. Well, thank you ever so much, guys. It's been really good fun. Uh, Canon Catch-Up will return next week. And Legends Library will be with you in two days' time to talk about Revan. Uh, is it like a Scooby Doo version or what? Or... <laughs> <laughs> right. I I think that's what's next on Legends Library. Uh, I think Chris, it is. I think you should just say yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah I think cool. it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> thank you very much, as always, for listening to the Star Wars Book Community Podcast. Uh, goodbye from all of us. Bye. 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 Bye.